Good day, family. God bless you. It's the time you've been waiting for. Senior Talk with Clara Hubbard, your resource and information show for people getting better with age. Well, we are in the momentum of one of the most anticipated movies coming to your local theaters on tomorrow. That movie is called None Other Than Loud Mouth. This is the movie adaptation, and it's not an adaptation, it's a real life experience of the Reverend Al Sharpton his career, his activism, and I am so honored that he's going to be joining us shortly. Thank you to all of our friends. Thank you to my sister, my TT, I would say, Maureen Forte from the National Action Network Chicago. We're going to pack out Cinema Chatham tomorrow, and it is going to be a phenomenal, phenomenal experience. I want to share it with you, but I can't wait till the Reverend joins us. Of course, he's busy, and we appreciate his time today. But let me tell you, this movie is going to be totally impactful because... Let me tell you, life is moving, and I can only tell you that I am so honored, so honored to have Reverend Al Sharpton with us today. God bless you, Reverend Al. How are you this beautiful day? Oh, God bless you, uh, Sister Clara Hubbard. I'm doing well. I thank God that uh, we have uh, been able today to see Brittany Griner released from uh, Russia. We were on that issue a long, uh, many months ago. And in uh, fact, came right there to Chicago for the WNBA All-Star Game and had a lot of the, her fellow players stand with us. So uh, when the White House alerted us, it was imminent. And then they announced it this morning. I've been back and forth all day with, with that, and I'm very happy about it. But I'm excited uh, that you and uh, uh, your family uh, in making sure that the, uh, the highlighting of this film is happening in Chicago. It means a lot to me. And I said, busy as I am, I've got to go and take a few minutes with Sister Hub because uh, she's uh, standing up for doing what's right, as you always do. Well, I most appreciate you. But let me get to this. Today, people have been calling me because they know the anticipation of this film. And I had the pleasure of being at the pre-screening in October. And um, I want to tell you first, let me get the shout outs from them to me, through, through me. First, I was on Chili Mo show this morning. <laughs> and he told me to tell you hi. Then, in addition, we had Bishop Phillips. All and right. We were all through Jimmy Doctory. So I, all these people are saying hello, hello. Tell them we love them. We appreciate it. So I just had to get those shout outs. But let well, me say thank this. you. Thank you. Um, I'm gonna start from the beginning because this is my show. I want to tell you this. I want to thank you. Um, I'm sorry, I got this allergy I think I'm working on. But I want to thank you for, first of all, being as transparent as possible in this film. I have told everyone, because this is a high election period, and this film should be a catalyst for anyone who's looking to go into activism and serve our city and state. That's how I viewed it. So that's my personal view. Um, your transparency, um, those that you showed how it is to be an act and put your face in front of the, the thing that you're serious about. Right. So you, I, as I say, I don't meet about the next meeting. And that's right. what you stand about. You don't meet about the next meeting. You dive in, and if it's not for us, we'll find those who want to go with us. So right. I was very excited about that. So let me just take go back. I had a few notes from the film, and um, I want to get to the beginning. Um, you did talk about in this film the experience of your childhood 
um, having been named after your father and that whole scenario people will find out more about. Um, having seen the film and of course been a part of just watching your career, what did Al Sharpton Jr. do? How did you take that situation and create a better name for the world that you're serving in today? I think that uh, when my father left us when uh, you know he was a pretty uh, good businessman and he abandoned us and we had to leave the house and lost the car, the Cadillac and all. And I was 10 years old, my mother took us to the uh, uh, Brownsville, had to move, move in the projects. And I learned the difference in uh, black life between middle class and poor. I think somewhere along the way, I was already a boy preaching and uh, I caught this desire to want to get involved in social justice at 12 years old. I was watching how they treated us in the suburbs and now I'm in the projects. And why don't the ambulance come when you call them here? Why doesn't they, why don't they pick up the garbage? I think that's what got in me. And uh, uh, my mother uh, went to the bishop and the bishop brought us to Reverend William Jones and Reverend Jesse Jackson who had bread basket. And I became youth director of the chapel. Mm-hmm. And as it went on, I never had a feeling that I was called to pastor a church. I felt like, you know, Dr. King gave up his church and Montgomery went home, co-pastored his father's church. Jesse never passed the church. I felt I had that call. And somewhere along the way to answer your question, I said, rather than be ashamed of what my father did, he uh, had a child with my stepsister. I'm going to make Al Sharpton's name mean something to my kids. And I think that the lesson I would encourage people is rather than be shamed of the name you have, mm-hmm. turn it around and turn bad into good. What man meant for bad, God will make good. Amen. So I have so much I want to say, and we're gonna we're gonna make it impactful while we're here. Um you mentioned in a previous interview I was watching with Oprah. And that interview said that when they invest in you and have no guarantee, but they don't even know if they're going to get a return on that investment. So knowing your mother, having had that such will, you know what I mean? How do you take that will? And how do we, we don't know, because a lot of us are investing our time and energy. We don't know if anybody going to hear us. But we just hope that one person gets it. You know what I mean? So how do you take that statement and make it a public statement today? I, I look at the fact my mother used to take me around to preach when she was on welfare. And she always would tell me, don't worry about where you come from. Don't worry about your daddy in here. Life ain't about where you start. Life's about where you go. Yes, sir. You hold your head up, boy, and make me proud. And... Uh, by the time I really started getting known, my mother had dementia. Mm. I remember the night I spoke at the uh, Democratic Convention in 2004 and I was running for president. I talked about how my mother used to walk to the subway and scrub floors as a domestic worker downtown. Uh, and uh, so my sister and I would have food. And I went to Alabama because my mother was from Alabama. I was born and raised in New York, but she went back south after I was grown. And I went to see her. And I said to my older stepsister, I said, did mom see me speak at the Democratic Convention on TV? And she said, yeah, she saw it. I said, did she see me talking about her? 
She said, yeah. I said, did she know I was talking about her? She said, no. She just looked at it and said, that boy must have had a fine mother. She didn't even know mm -hmm. her son. She never was able in her mind to see what she invested in. She invested in it with no return. Yes, when sir. the return came, she was not of the mind to receive it. Uh, same with James Brown. James Brown always would take me around. And I thought about when I went to the original screening of this film, I wish my mother and James Brown had lived to see it. But as I thought about it, I thought about the, the fact is that they believed in me when nobody would have thought about doing a film about me. That's love. That's love cool. is when people, when you don't have to prove yourself to them, but they see in you what you'll prove to yourself. Yes, sir. And they'll invest in you and don't want nothing for it. Okay, let's piggyback. We Two days ago, Warfare Warnock is standing on the podium, and who is right there? His mother. His mother. His mother. His mother. And I know Raphael. Raphael went to seminary in New York. First time he was arrested for civil rights, he went with us demonstrating a police killing of Amdou Diallo. He always talked about his mother uh, from Savannah, Georgia. And I think that uh, it is those of us that there's something about the sensitivity and humanity of our mothers that give us a compassion which is why many of the cases I fought, it's like I'm dealing with the mothers of victims. I'm dealing yes, with, uh, I, I see my mother that people wouldn't help. And I say, I'm gonna help that black woman. If nobody stands by, I'm gonna do it. Because uh, I know if it hadn't been for my mother, I wouldn't have never been able to get through my uh, teenage years and on into where I became. Absolutely. So because you are, I call this series in my own words, a legend speaks because you are a legend. And I would like for you to talk to the younger candidates. This is a whirlwind of younger candidates choosing to serve our city and state. And knowing that you had a book called a book that's still available called Rejected Stone. There's some principles that you mentioned in that book that I think as I said earlier, every person running for some kind of public office or who are sitting in a position of civic service, hello, should have some kind, they should see the movie, first of all, and they should also get the book. But what is your element of understanding to address the young candidates who are now seeking office? Because as I said earlier, it's one thing, some people want to join to be famous. Who cares about that? But if you're not impactful, and your you know, what would you say about that? You know, you gotta choose whether you are going to seek office or position to be a servant or a celebrity. Mm. And many of us go for celebrity, wanna be known, wanna mm -hmm. be seen, wanna yes, be sir. when we walk in a the room, they lay out the carpet for us. Others of us wanna serve. And if you serve, You'll get your due. God will give you more than you could ever ask for. But if all you want to be is a celebrity, you'll be the flavor of the month and you'll weather away. Uh, because there'll always be somebody that can come through that can out-talk you, out-walk you. But nobody can out-serve you if you're really a servant. And uh, that's what I think people uh, need to really, really look at people they're getting ready to vote for. Is this a servant or is this just a celebrity? Is this somebody want to be seen or what, is it somebody that doesn't care whether they see it or not? They want to make the community work. 
Absolutely. So, Rev, the other thing that I want to address, and I'm very nervous, but I'm hopeful, is that we are looking at a new presidency coming up in the near future. And I know in other communities, there's something called a plan of succession. I can't see anyone. Are we grooming someone now? Because, I mean, we love Joe Biden. God bless him. But he is his better years of life. Right. Do we want him to run at 80 plus years? I mean, it's a real sticky situation. And uh, uh, he is 80. By the time the election comes right, he'll be 82. Yes, sir. I don't know who could hold the seat. I don't know who could beat Trump. And I've been talking to others uh, about what are we going to do. And I don't have an answer yet, but I promise when we get to one, I'll make sure you know. But I'm as nervous as you are because <laughs> I don't want to see Trump come back. Not at I all. I don't know who else could beat Trump. Absolutely. So this film, if you wouldn't mind, I just want to show a little bit of the film. We're not going to give it away. But why was this the perfect time for you to have this movie put together documenting your career and so many other great things that you're doing. Why was this such an important time for you? You know, I didn't choose the time. Uh, Kadar Massenberg, who used to be the president of uh, Motown Records, and uh, uh, John Legend, the entertainer, came and said they wanted to do this film. They got, uh, they had this young director who wanted to do it. And I I agreed that now is the time. They came up with it and they right. put it together. They decided everything in it. I had, nothing, I had no input until I saw it. At the end, I had nothing to do with what they put. I just told them, just tell the truth, mm -hmm. that, uh, whatever it is. And I talked about in the film, as you said, I tried to be transparent, saying that sometimes I would let my anger take over. Mrs. King would say, you can't talk like that, slang, using the N-word and all that. <laughs> uh, but I always was sincere, and I always was committed. And, uh, you know, I, I thank God that uh, uh, I was able to, get to where I got in terms of age. You know, uh, John Lewis and Jesse Jackson, that, that that was like the group before me, 15 years older than me. Mm -hmm. All of their mentors was killed. Martin Luther King killed at 39. Malcolm X at 39. Meg Gevers at 39. Mm. So I'm only the second generation that saw civil rights leaders live to be old enough to see their grandkids. So I'm glad I'm glad I lived long enough. I'm trying to train young people to keep this going. Because it's not about you. The movement is not gonna start with you or stop with you. That's and, right. Uh, and and you need to understand it's not about you. But if you lift him up, he'll draw men onto you and you can go on. We be great. Don't be soft. Be That's right. And Don't we get jealous and be soft. <laughs> and as you said so eloquently, and, and we all know when you said Luke 18, too much is given. Much as required. That's right. Let's be very clear. Some of us, as I said, keep meeting about the next meeting. Don't come knock on my door. Now yeah. we are going to say this. We're going to give you a couple of minutes. We're not going to show all of it, but this is a sneak peek. Tomorrow is the debut of Loud Mouth. Chicago is ready. We love you, Maureen Forte. The theater is packed and Reverend. We're even going to have a discussion with some of the candidates that are joining us. Wow. And after the film, we're going to be on Ray Neal Media. So we want everyone. We're going to give you a sneak peek, but you got to join us tomorrow. Your tickets are available. Join us at the theater, $10 with a popcorn and drink. Just a sneak peek only, everyone. Stay tuned. We'll be right back here on Senior Talk with Claire Hubbard.
God bless. Yeah, Mike, Chris did a walkthrough with the police. We get threats all the time. I'm, I'm not going to not do the rally. Come on, give me your name. Reverend Alfred Sharpton, chairman of National Youth Movement. We just buried a boy, and the only thing he did wrong was he was born on the wrong side of the track. In New York City in the 80s, what we wanted to say, people did not want to hear. So you had to be loud because you were not invited to address the public. This is the beginning of a civil rights movement in New York. It's all the media's fault. These things should be kept quiet. Now shop and go home. They will say that we are exasperating racial tensions, but the people know the truth. George Floyd's story has been the story of black folks. We talk about calling for a big march. We won't put two, three hundred thousand people in Washington. If the question comes from the media about looting, he wanted to cast to you to set the tone. Couldn't breathe. I understand the anger. I've been fighting these issues for decades. Anytime you start shaking the root of the system, then you're going to have a discredit campaign. Senator Schumer, we have not had the legislative response to the litany of cases of policing all the way from Rodney King to now. 2020, we must deal with police brutality. We've got to turn these stations upside down. All of our lives you had to fight to make sure that you control the story. I want the folks at CBS to know that you can't tell the story right. Don't tell it at all. You've got to be able to raise the theater level to where you don't lose control, but it is dramatic enough that you can't be ignored either. Well, family, I can tell you this. There was power. This film is going to be life-changing for somebody. Hey, Rev, if only one person get it, it's, it's not in vain. Well, and I want to say this to you. This is momentous. I tried to get our interview together on yesterday because I wanted to dedicate the energy of this in honor of would have been the 97th birthday, hold, hold your chair tight, of Dr. Willie Barrow. Wow. The warrior. She would have been 97. I, I love the little warrior. The she little warrior. She helped raise me. Wow. Yes, yes. So I was, but it, it doesn't matter. The momentum and the energy is still there. She's there. That's and right. the time is right. And then also, if I could, I'm gonna give one more statement and then I'll let you close us out. This uh show and my advocacy is also in honor of my dear brother Mark Allen. Yes, in Chicago, who left us in 2020. He was a huge Clara. Please go, keep going, fighting for the seniors and veterans. Be that voice. Don't be afraid to say who you are and live in it. So, if you would, Reverend, we telling everyone tomorrow loud, loud mouth debuts. You can visit nationalactionnetwork.net to yes. learn more and find out where it's playing in your city. What is your closing statement, Reverend? My closing statement is that sometimes you gotta make the comfortable uncomfortable to make the uncomfortable comfortable. And sometimes you got to be loud. 
uh, to be heard. They didn't invite us to the, be heard, so we have to be loud to be heard. Somewhere I read in the Bible, cry loud and spare not. That's Lift right. your voice like a trumpet in Zion. And we had people like Mark Allen. Mark Allen was the Hosea Williams of our generation. Yes, yes. And uh, he was the field soldier. And they did not die in vain. And as long as I'm alive, I'm going to keep the movement they gave me life for. The Willie Barrows and the Mark Allens are the reasons we have a Raphael Waldorf. Mm, tell the truth. We have a Lori Lightfoot. And yes. We can't let them forget it. And if they try to, we need to be loud and remind them that we haven't gone nowhere. The spirit just keeps going through others yes, from indeed. one body to the next. And thank you, Claire Hubbard. My pleasure. And But no, they did tell you, Rev, you have a statement that came out. You said, I am a loud mouth. I am a loud mouth, and I am proud to be a loud mouth. All right. Congratulations. God bless you. We'll see thank you soon. All right. All right. Well, everyone, it happened. I have a friend. I have a godfather in Reverend Al Sampson. Thank you to everyone who tuned in to this episode. It has been momentous. I hope you can join us at the theater on tomorrow, nationalactionnetwork.com.net to learn more. Get your tickets, get your tickets, get your tickets. I'm so, 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 so excited for everyone who tuned in. It has been a life-changing moment. And let me tell you, this impactful film is definitely going to make a huge difference to you if you are with us on tomorrow. So God bless you. Be in touch. Take care of each other. See you at the show tomorrow. We're also going to be live. I mean, live. When I say live, we're going to be live. We're going to be live. So I will say Reverend Al Sharpton. I'm sorry. Thank you. I'm Reverend Samson somewhere out there. He probably be the film tomorrow too. But in the same element, thank you so much for everyone who tuned in. I'm your granddaughter in the community. And I'll always say in closing, in complete darkness, we are all the same. It is only our knowledge and wisdom that separate us. Don't let your eyes deceive you. We'll see you tomorrow at the theater for the debut of Loudmouth here on Senior Talk with Claire Hubbard. Everyone take care. <laughs>